Well, welcome back to the Adrian Bow podcast featuring Troy Malcolm, AB. Last week, we received so much amazing feedback by not only the skills workshops that we've been sending out on a fortnightly basis, but also some of the interviews. We've been talking to agents uh, from north of the border throughout Queensland, Clint Smith. We've been talking to people that uh, from the ACT. Uh, Jess uh, obviously came and did an amazing interview and also Sydney Siders. Today, um, we have gone to a, a, a pair of agents that have really been representative and great ambassadors for our brand south of the border this time. We've headed down to Melbourne and we've gone to our original office founders of our St Kilda office uh, in Melbourne, Victoria, and it's none other than Josh Sterling and Michael Townsend. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and welcome. Um, Thank you for taking the time to spend and share some of the insights, the ideas and everything that you've seen around the business that's helped you grow. AB, you're excited about this interview for a few reasons. One that we're going to get into a little bit later on, but you were saying before we started recording all about culture and I think Josh and Michael are representative of that. If I can kick off, guys, how do you create such a good culture in your business that keeps everyone both energised, entertained, but wanting to turn up in a really highly saturated market and competitive market of real estate in St Kilda? Well, firstly, good day, boys. How are you? Um, yeah, great question, Troy. I think the reality is that one of the key things with our culture and uh, it's a fine balance, but we don't take ourselves too seriously and you know us well and know that, you know, whilst uh, everyone in real estate... Um, particularly in the sales side of things, it's, it's a very competitive space, as you said. It's a saturated market in, you know, all over the country, in the East Coast especially. Um, but I think it's very easy to get carried away with how intense our work is. And I think bringing a bit of humour and a bit of uh, fun to the days is absolutely critical. And I think that's a big part of our culture in this office. Yeah. Hi, guys. Michael here. Um, yeah, exactly right. We probably took a little bit of a, a sideways approach a couple of years ago and really focused on the team, excuse me, acknowledging each other as a, as a re, real key component. So we have a quarterly awards system that we're pretty proud of, which is uh, team voting for team. And uh, it just takes a five-minute survey monkey sort of thing that uh, the team need to acknowledge or, 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 you know, choose to acknowledge who's done well over the past month, each month. Um, and that's really improved our, our culture and, and, uh, and, and means that people are out looking for each other um, and what's, who's doing well and who's going above and beyond. It's like a People's Choice Awards, if you like, and I've got a belief, and it sounds like you guys do as well, that, that recognition, acknowledgement and validation are equally as important, if not more important, than remuneration itself. Um, obviously, we're in sales and, and a very common metric is you know, GCI, listing, sales, whatever it might be, but I do feel in our industry in particular that validation and appreciation are extremely underrated and, uh, and you can literally create incredible culture off the back of that and you guys telling you guys are telling us that, that that's what you've done um and yeah w- w- would you agree with that in terms of equally if not more uh, appropriate than than actual commission itself yeah definitely so yeah look, the reality is that as it is in the in the you know the market up in in sydney there in most markets in australia that they could our sales agents in particular could go you know to a competitor and get paid more money i mean that's not 
that's a you know fact. Um, but I think why they choose to stay, and we have a very very stable uh, core in our office of our sales agents, is the is the fact that they feel supported. It's a team environment. Everyone's in there together. It's not a competitive landscape internally. Um, we share, we collaborate. You know, twice a week, once with a sales meeting, another with a sort of a training session on a Thursday morning. With with the agents will come together and we talk about what's topical and and help each other through any difficult sales or listing opportunities that are there. Mm. Uh, I think that's a really important part of creating a good culture is that everyone is actually um, there for each other. And I I think the money is secondary. And I I guess if you can create a good culture and good processes and good training and a good environment, Mm. the byproduct of that is people go out and make more money anyway. But that's a cracker point, Josh, because, you know, you've just said and we've experienced here as well that, there are agents that can go across the road and get a high commission split. So why do they stay with you and why do they stay with McGrath? There's actually a coaching piece in agency there as well because how many times have we secured a listing knowing that we would double the commission that, that one of our competitors quoted? So, so an agent's only agenda is not to be on the highest commission split and a vendor's only agenda is not to find the cheapest agent. People are considering culture, they're considering talent, they're considering the brand. Um, so I think that that's a really critical point. What, what, what's the, the, the coaching diet or the ingredients, if you like? Because I know, what, you know we offer the webinar on a Tuesday hosted by John McGrath. We offer a skills workshop on a Friday from Troy and I. There's the MDA podcast, there's our podcast. Is that... Is that part of your coaching diet that you advocate to your team, guys? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, no, good point, AB. And look, that's probably sort of coming back to Troy's intro a little bit, why we joined from a very prominent Melbourne and a very long-standing Melbourne uh, network and, and you know, uh, joined, joined the McGrath uh, network as the first Victorian office was because of that um, availability of intellectual property and being able to um, tap into, you know, conversations with yourself, conversations obviously with Troy, um, straight up to to John and, and everybody in between. We, this is a bad analogy, but if, if we sort of felt for Josh and I for a little bit that uh, turning up to franchise meetings, maybe we were the, you know, the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So we need to go find a bigger room. And that was... Um, one of the catalysts for us, um, you know, joining McGrath to be able to access the wealth of information that is available to McGrath agents individually and also as, as McGrath principal. Adrian, what a lot of people listening to this podcast won't know is that when Josh and Michael first started, and guys, December 2015, you were the first office. It was the 15th of December 2015, so just before Christmas, you officially launched. Um, I remember the day really clearly, but, um, you know, the closest office to you was actually 800, over 800 kilometres away. Um, <laughs> That time of year, that would have obviously made you both nervous and excited, leading into the Christmas period, uh, being part of this new brand that officially had just launched in Victoria with your office. Um, two things, two questions I have. Um, why did you do that, right? Because anyone that would say uh, <laughs> is sensible, you wouldn't do that. Uh, yeah, a, few people, a few people have said that to us at the, to the yeah. time. <laughs> and then the second question that I'd love to know is, you know, 
that snowballed into a huge recruitment opportunity for you. And I know there was a lot of long-standing people in the community that you've been working with and trying to recruit for a long period of time that when the move happened, they saw a renewed energy within the entire business and decided to make that move. So if you can answer both those questions in summary, that would yeah. be amazing. Yeah, look, I think um, the way you framed it there, Troy, kind of makes it sound like it was a harder or a more risky decision than it was. You know, when we started conversations with McGrath back in probably March or February, we met, we met with Jeff Lucas and John McGrath at a function down here in Melbourne. I think it was about March uh, that year. From that day forth, after having that, it was the first time we met John uh, and Jeff and being hugely impressed by both both of the guys. Um, to be honest, I don't think there was a, a single day that would have been a doubt in our mind from that day forward that it was the right thing for us to do. Uh, we felt aligned with the, the, the values and the culture of McGrath still do to you know this day four years on almost um you know and yeah i know a lot of people within the industry sort of thought maybe it was risky um or you know question why we would do it but from our point of view you know what you know we just say it was a bit of a no-brainer i mean we just felt the energy in the business was amazing and aligned, aligned with where we wanted to go and we knew we might be the first but we knew we wouldn't be the last and only that's right and also like to touch on the second point there troy the with the recruitment, sometimes, sometimes, it, you know, what, what's the, what is a chicken cross the road? It's for a catalyst. And, um, and we knew that it wasn't going to be the be all and end all. And there was a lot of agents that sat back and waited to see, okay, how are these guys going to go? But um, we, we've got a, an amazing team now today and a few people that jumped on to us straight away because they needed that catalyst because we were something different in the marketplace that we were, um, and they knew that they, again, to come back to the point that I said before, that they, they would have this access to, uh, you know, the best real estate agents in the country uh, by being part of this network. That's great. Yeah. And I suppose just getting into some, some nuts and bolts just for our listeners, um, Mike, you know, because obviously we've got a lot of, lot of agents who are faced with a changed market or even a changing market. Um, you, you guys are certainly not immune to it. You know, it's been somewhat of a roller coaster over the last sort of six to eight months. What what tips would you provide um, an agent at the moment who's either out of momentum or just getting uh, started, just in terms of the basics? So, if we looked at the main buckets of lead generation, prospecting, and and uh, nurturing your existing vendors with alignment, um, what 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 are the top tips that you would provide them? I think that I think you said the, the word there, and it's, it, it always sounds so simple when you explain it. The basics. I mean, real estate is not a complicated business, and I think you know, in this day and age, with the amount of training, coaching, you know, your this podcast, uh, James, well, James work with you, Bowie, and all the you know other things, the million dollar agent, and, and I guess anything that Panos is doing. I mean, there's so much information out there for agents to access to get you know templates and plans. But I think the problem that they can run into is they start to overcomplicate their thought process around delivering and, and actioning these things. I think real estate, as I said, simple business about building relationships with people, adding value and, and then hoping when, not hoping, but putting yourself in the right position so when it comes time for them to transact, um, you know, you're in the box seat, you know, and you're front of mind. So I think the main thing for, for agents is to probably not, you know, I think, again, they get caught looking over the fence too much, Um Officers do that as well, worrying about what competition is the competition's doing. We try to really not focus in on what our competitors are doing. So that's at an agent level and an office level. 
we really just focus on what we're doing. Are we doing the, the basics? Are we executing the process that we need to do? And we're following up with people that, you know, we should be speaking to from simply making sure, you know, you're speaking to every single buyer, you know, on a Monday and then doing that second round of calls. I think a lot of agents out there, you know, maybe leave a voicemail on a Monday for someone they met on a weekend and that's it. Yeah. Let that person go. Well, in a market where leads and opportunities really tight, you can't afford not to have that conversation in more detail with that person and they could lead you to your next appraisal. So I think it's really quite simple, diligent follow-up and nurture of the database of people you already know. That's that's how you get yourself back into momentum if you're not there at the moment. Okay. Yeah, I think that's, that's critical, Josh, um, you know, because there's, there's a bit of confusion with agents at the moment. Which CRM should I use? You know, how often should I speak to buyers? You know, how often should I meet with vendors, et cetera? Um, and also a, a, a huge unnecessary focus on what the competition's doing and not doing, et cetera. So I think that's a really good point. What, what, what are you yourself and Mike uh, doing specifically either in terms of a marketing initiative or dialogue uh, that you found has really worked in a, in a change market? Any Anything in particular that stands out? Uh, from a marketing point of view, success marketing is very important right now. We think even more important than, than when the market is running hot because there is people are still waiting and, and Australians in general are, are so entwined with real estate you know, residential real estate. So if any good news that a team can have and also is, is very important. So, and also not being individualized in that success marketing. So don't just focus on what you, you're doing yourself. I had a yeah. great result on the weekend, but if the guy sitting next to you or the girl sitting next to you has had a great result, why not put that out and market that and, and, and put that message out to your database or we'll put it out on socials, you know, because at the end of the day, the consumer sees McGrath, St Kilda, they don't, you know, and they then will boil down to who, which agent they, uh, they might know or might not know. But at the end, you know, the, the person in the street, we, I think as agents, we focus a little bit too much on, our, on, on ourselves and get too yeah. insular. So we very much promote the, the team success. And, and if you, you might be, you might have had, a, you know, put a donut up on the whiteboard last month and not made a sale but your team might have had a great month. So why not harness that success and, and promote that as well? Yeah, so Mike, for those who are listening who are not sure, success marketing is obviously pivoting from just listed, just sold. Um, yes. what, best practice, what does just listed and just sold success marketing look like and feel like with your, you, you and your teams? Yeah, so look, the guys will do some things a little bit differently. Um, with with the, the success marketing um, Typically, you know, we focus it from a um, on a so obviously social media, so that's a really important component. Try not to be too cliche with you know the soul stickers on boards and the happy vendors, but unfortunately, the reality is it does send the right message. Yeah, so I know everyone sort of says, "Oh, we see too much of it," but I guess it, it is showing that you know, a result and results is the your, your number one listing tool. Um, you know, we have some good habits around which um, something we picked up from JM, which from Chauncey's um, prospecting around. So any sort of sizable house or um, big or sorry, bigger apartment or house that we sell in the area, um, you know, 2,000 just sold cards will go out afterwards. And it's amazing that saturation, particularly for the guys that are dominant in their patch, you know, that, that area, that, those people really only, uh, or sorry, we'll see so much, you know, just listen, just sold marketing. Um, it creates that perception of dominance, even if you're maybe not the market leader, 
like Peter is with sort of, you know, I think he's up to 85% market share. But if, yeah. you, you know, if you've got 20 or 30, which is a great, huge amount of market share, you can look like you're saturating the, the, the landscape. And we put different messages on them on those cards. So sometimes it might be a testimonial from your vendor. So if they've got some really clear words that, you know, other vendors may find uh, interesting or a case study. So, you know, for example, if you sold a property in four days before the first open for inspection before above asking price, um, you know, again, just trying to give a bit of value out or a bit of information to a consumer that is of interest rather than just tell them how good you are. Yeah. And the other one, sorry, just to jump, jump in there as well. I think a lot of agents uh, neglect the national publications as well. And, and these, when you pick up a paper on a Sunday morning or, you know, or, a, a, you know, check in on the web on a Saturday night, those quotes from agents aren't, like sometimes they're, you know, they're focused on the, the reporter calling the agent, but a lot of the time it's the agent calling the reporter and that, those numbers are, are there. They're actually printed in the paper in most um, major metropolitan cities around Australia. So we, we encourage our team, and we do it, Josh and I ourselves, to, to ring, the, you know, ring the Herald Sun, ring the Courier, ring the whoever, and say, look, I just had a great auction. You want to know a couple of things about it? And they may or may not, and, and you know, they may or may not say yes or no, but they're, they're every now and again, and especially because you're making it easier for the reporter to actually say, yep, I'll listen to that. That's great because that's, filled my article for me. Yeah. And, and there's a quote that says, you know, Joe Smith from McGrath Estate Agents solved this, da, 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 and it goes out to the, the national audience or the, or the local audience. Really yeah. Cool. Two things I'm getting from this. Like, that's fantastic, Michael. And I think, you know, the only investment you've got there is really time. Uh, everyone has access to pick up the phone and have those conversations, but success leaves clues um, by Following the strategy and creating habits around every prominent listing, every sale that's made, uh, every auction result um, that you have a reason to communicate with people, why not get on the front foot and actually go and do that? The other thing that I, you did mention, Josh, earlier was about um, the team. And while, and Michael, that, you know, even though you may not have had the best month, if the rest of the team had had a fantastic month, communicate it. And that's one thing I do think the St Kilda office does better than majority of offices in Australia. Like not just McGrath, I'm talking about all offices within Australia. They represent and they link arms, Adrian, and they actually represent the market completely as one united team. It's not one or two people doing great work and the rest are just there to take the scraps. Every single member in that team has a presence. They know what's happening in their market. They go and visit every single property that's listed as well. So I know that that's a strategy of yours, the market knowledge and building that hyper-local knowledge. But they're things that really separate you. And success leaves clues. And creating those habits and adopting those habits so any new starter comes into the business, um, that will then in turn create more business for you, which is my next question, guys. Uh, 2018, a lot of people know that you were very successful in representing Hayden and Sarah on the block. Um, huge result. Congratulations on that. Um, the block is again in St Kilda and you're representing Andy and Deb. Um, an amazing achievement uh, to represent uh, a number of people on the block over two seasons. I don't think anyone's ever done that, gone back-to-back -back representing people on the block. What, what's it looking like so far for you? Yeah, so far, so good, mate. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so we were uh, very fortunate, um, uh, but we were also confident of taking out the win last year with Hayden and Zara's property um scott kennedy green head auctioneer for mcgrath did an amazing job and and the best call by far and just to give people 
tiny little bit of perspective behind the scenes is that the auctions that you see on TV are sometimes spliced together and they're, they're, um, they're recorded, but then there'll be a break and then they'll go away and, and come back in the room and make sure everyone's in the right positions and everything like that. Ours was the only one and, and Scott's call was the only one that actually ran in normal fluidity of a normal auction. Everyone else had pauses and gaps um, and look at, you know, our, our, our results sort of speaks volumes. But this um, this year, really, really good. We're, um, we're in a really good the, – the, Andy and Deb have made and produced an amazing property. Uh, with the feedback early doors, we haven't really started early. Um, next week we start official opens to the public, but there's been suppliers and, uh, you know, domain and, and others gone through, buyers, advocates and things, and the feedback is that we're – uh, in a really, really good position to, to go back to back, which, um, like you said, Troy, I don't think anyone's done before. Could be wrong, but um, yeah, definitely that's our focus. Well, they say they say kitchens sell houses, and you and you got your team just won the kitchen week, so that's that's a huge result. Um, what's 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 that that area like just for the viewers? Because there'd be a lot of people listening who are watching as well. What? Yeah, well, we won't we won't we won't give you any any spoilers then, just in case <laughs> any diehard fans on the. On the podcast, but yeah, look, I think as everyone who does like to watch the show would have seen this past week that um, Annie and Deb made a decision, um, which I think it was actually Josh and Jenna, so the all stars that came back who plot that idea, and probably some conversations with Michael and myself, so leading in about you know we told them to invest heavily in the kitchen space when that time came, yeah, and not you know, and if anything, save to you know that have your war chest ready for that room, mm-hmm. um, but that. Basically, they moved a void, a small existing void across to the other side and made it a much, much bigger so that when you walk into the kitchen, keeping in mind these are terrace homes and we're in the middle one, um, so natural light comes at it, you know, for anyone who knows the terrace, you know, these terrace-style homes, hard to get in those um, lower levels. Um, mm-hmm. This is amazing. It's just, you know, it's, it's just this massive void above you with beautiful skylights right over the kitchen. And um, we think that's going to be a block winner. Mm-hmm. Um to put it in perspective, ours being the middle one with two neighbours on either side, we think that there's more natural light in Andy and Deb's property than any of the others. Right. Interesting. And this is just um, what I'm hearing, Troy, is really an example of the trusted advisor type recommendations that, that Josh and Michael are uh, are making on a daily basis mm-hmm. to non-block clients, but this just happens to be, uh, you know, on the, on, on the national t- you know, television. Um, but the, the boys are making, you know, recommendations like this every day in the field. And from what I can sense, they're very high intent recommendations. So, you know, I, I think this is where we come from, from a coaching perspective, Troy, is that, you know, you're providing recommendations that may not always result in a commission or may not always result in a sale, but it's really what's best for the client. Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, Michael and Josh work this way and I know they play the long game and I know they're meeting with clients today that won't result in a, a result for another five to seven years' time and that's their ethos on their on their whole business and it's, it's a testament to you guys as well. I mean, do you often find yourselves in that position, guys, where... You know, you're recommending to a client, you know what, do that extension, make do that extra bedroom rather than actually moving today and, and maybe think about the long term. Oh, definitely, AB, that's yeah, really good point. The um, uh, And to, I suppose, as a side note, well done, Troy, on the marathon 
recently, but the, this real estate is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So the, the agents are thinking that they, you know, we've seen it time and time again that they think they turn up and in three to six months they're going to be driving away in the European car and all that sort of stuff. It's, you know, this is, we've, we've always played the long game. So, yes, and, and even more in this, I suppose, landscape that we're in at the moment is the real estate agent really is, is more than just the negotiator at the end of the day. You know, it is, we have access to trades, we have access to suppliers, we have insight of living and breathing this this industry every single day. So being able to provide information or a, a value add, if it even, if sometimes it doesn't even, you know, end up being a commission check at the end of the day, but that's fine. You've just got to put that much value out to the, marketplace and if you if you help other people get what they want then you'll get what you want absolutely and this is where i find agents just entering the industry mike that that let themselves down a little bit and they're very quick to negotiate on their commission only because they don't believe in what they're doing but also is they're not explaining to the owner like you just clearly and beautifully stated that you know, you're not just there to turn up twice a week for an open house. You're actually the concierge service between the owner and everything else that happens with that property. So whether it's with their lawyer, whether it's a landscaper, whether it's buyers, whether it's a valuer who's coming through, whether it's, you know, a measure up between exchange and settlement, um, you know, whether it's uh, doing buyer negotiations late at night, uh, auctions, uh, you know, it, it, there's just there's a list of literally 80, Odd things which, when I sat at sit in lounge rooms and I, and owners say, well, you know, someone else told me one percent and you're at two percent, and I say, okay, hit my list of services. Which ones do you want me to leave out? Because you know, eighty percent of my business is referral business, and I can only maintain that as if is if I maintain my level of service. So you know, I don't want to work with you if I'm going to leave things out of the service offering, and most of it's value add um so i think that's spot on um uh, mike and josh and i'm glad that you guys share that as a McGrath value and and troy i know is coaching this on a daily basis throughout the entire network but the other thing adrian that i notice is that the clients experience that but a lot of other offices from different networks that doesn't necessarily replicate internally in the office and i think what we've spoken about today about those Success habits, putting the team first. It's also reflective over Josh and Michael being active in the business in sales, mm. but also mentoring the next generation of yeah. agents. And you know, I think about some of the people in your business right now that are in what you say the starting blocks of their careers. Um, they have grown phenomenally over the period that they've been part of your business, just by watching and learning and being mentored by you guys. I know that's a specific strategy out there is to not compete against your team but actually help them build up because one plus one equals 11. Um, that's reflective in the clients as well because the same methodology works. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah, so as we come to the final part of the uh, podcast, gents, we obviously want to thank you guys for um, for sharing a few insights. Um, you know, winners, winners of the block 2018, uh, certainly you guys uh, looking positive this year. Um, you've got a lot of fans out there and, uh, you know, the, the fact that you're just doing great work and terrific ambassadors of both McGrath and, and your own office. Um, you know, I'm not surprised that you get called in year after year to, to represent the block. Um, just as, as we wrap up, um, you know, what, what, what final like, piece of advice from both of you 
Uh, I'll start with you, Michael. Um, just to provide two agents that are active at the moment, what's one thing that you're, you're doing at the moment you're finding particularly well either with listings or vendor management that you're working particularly well? Uh, so, sorry, AB, what did you say at the end, that last well, bit? Yeah. Yeah, just one thing, either with list to secure listings or lead generation or even vendor management, one thing in particular you're doing at the moment that's working really well. I think it's, it's touching back to a great question, but touching back to what we just sort of mentioned that uh, any value add and anything periphery that an agent can bring to the table other than being one of the three in the room or one of the sometimes five in the room is yeah. very, very important right now. Uh, aside from that, is working your buyers so making sure that you know at any one time at any price point you've got an active list of people that you know and have had good dialogue with that are ready to purchase that are in the right space to purchase their finances ready to go and you'll be able to introduce that uh, that that buyer to, to any particular property should that property become available yeah so what i'm hearing is champion the unique selling propositions to know what your USPs are, what your point of difference are, and actually really, really make sure you highlight that. Two is have a suite of, of quality buyers and, and it, could, it could well be a, a, a list of 10, 20, 15, whatever it might be, but, but genuine hot buyers and make it a nice curated list that, you know, if you walked out of that door with the instructions, you could, you could you know, walk in three or four hot buyers the very next day. But don't just right. say, I've got buyers, I've got buyers. Just say, you know what, the Smiths, the Jones, they've just sold in, in an adjoining area. They've, they've got three children. The kids go to these schools. So you've got to be really specific around that. So that's, that's gold. Thanks for that. Joshy? Yeah, look, I think... Um at the moment, I think we're, we're finding we, we had our best ever uh, listing month in August in the history of the business. So, yeah. you know, we're still in a market in Melbourne. I, I'm assuming Sydney guys would be much similar. I mean, this is the tightest supplied market I've seen in 20-odd years in real estate. So I, I don't think I've seen the volumes in spring this low. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're, we're really leveraging, apart outside of obviously existing relationships and results from a McGrath point of view is a lot of the innovation the quality of our marketing as a network is, is the best in the industry yeah um really leveraging some of the tech stuff so the pitch proposals um from yeah. realtev through ct yeah. um, they've been a real winner for absentee owners that you can't get face to face with and our guys are even sending that to people before they meet or just after they meet so it's a quite an impressive proposal yeah. um and obviously social marketing things like that because i think really the perception in the public is that all agents are the same, not you know, not from everyone, but a lot of people. So if you can't clearly define your difference, well, they're just going to have a lucky dip decision at the end of the game. Um, so those are the sort of things we're focusing a lot on in, in listing. As far as vendor management or education or dialogue, I think the critical thing, it's always the same, is a lot of conversation. You know, you can't just pick up the chat once a week. It needs to be continuous with your vendor um, pretty much daily, whether it's... Um, written reports, phone conversations, email, SMSs, WhatsApp groups, to keep them completely open and, sorry, have an open and transparent dialogue about what's happening with their property. And then that way when you get to auction day or negotiation time, you know, they're not going to give you resistance on on things when they understand exactly how their property is positioned in the market and what the feedback's been. Yeah, exactly. And also we, we say with our team just quickly that anything you do, if the vendor doesn't know, then is it is it done? 
So you may as well tell them the board's going up tomorrow. You, you, it, and a quick, we've got such access to technology and communication these days. So may as well, each that, oh, the board's going up tomorrow, guys, or the brochure's just been approved or whatever along the way. It's just going to add value to you at the end of, uh, when, you know, when, when you need to transact and they say, well, this guy's done everything or this girl's done everything that I've, um, you know, to, to bring me the best result. I'm glad, I'm glad you guys touched on that because it's almost sort of cliche um, in real estate coaching land is, you know, talk to your vendors every day, right? Um, but apart from it being best practice, the, re- the, the majority of the reason we're doing it is because, as you said, when that day comes, at or after the auction, when you can say with veracity and confidence, Michael, we've had 4,000 web views, 28 people through, six contracts issued, four offers, this is by far the most attractive and compelling offer we've had. My recommendation as your trusted advisor is we proceed, then you're right. They cannot question anything that's occurred right up until that point. Every ad's gone in on time. You've met with them at least once a week. Uh, an email report's gone to them at least once a week. Uh, every buyer email inquiry has been followed up. Every phone inquiry has been followed up. So you're absolutely right. What you're doing is buying yourself trust and confidence and credibility and therefore there will be zero resistance when that final recommendation piece is made. Yeah, huge, huge insight into what makes a great agent even better. Guys, I want to thank you so much for coming and spending time with us on the Adrian Bow podcast featuring Troy Malcolm. Thank you to all the listeners. AB, thank you. Uh, if you like like this episode, please rate it five stars on iTunes. We'll be back again next week with another McGrath uh, top-performing agent in the field that's doing great business, not only from a cultural point of view but from a performance point of view as well, Adrian. Uh, guys, enjoy the weekend. Uh, I know it's grand final down there. I know you're both huge Hawthorne supporters uh, and they're not in the grand final this year. <laughs> Sydney team, Greater Western Sydney versus Richmond. Um, but I know you'll be enjoying and watching the game um, regardless of who the teams are. Can't wait to see you both in person very shortly when I'm next down in Victoria, AB, same time, same channel next week. We'll be coming live with another episode. Guys, thanks again and see you all very shortly.